0: welcome to episode four of the hodlers podcast i'm joined today with our awesome co-host as you already know tyler aka the nft dad there he is everybody our guest our amazing guest josh does crypto josh talks crypto not just does crypto um he's a blockchain expert a developer um, he has his own nft project he's on tiktok he teaches people you do everything you literally do everything which is pretty cool So yeah, we'll get it started. How are you? How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Good. Nice and early here on my side. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so yeah, right. So yeah, Josh, you do a lot of stuff. You have your own blockchain consulting service. You're a qualified financial advisor, which is the first time I've heard that in the crypto space, which is pretty crazy. Um, You managed to gain 20,000 followers on TikTok, which is super cool. You teach people crypto, NFTs, blockchain. You have your own NFT projects. Um, keep cats, so you got a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, we're going to try the best to cover it all, and the best way of doing that is starting from the beginning. Okay, so first of all, do you want to give yourself a little little overview of what
1: you do, who you are, uh, just for the people listening? Yeah, so I'm um, obviously got a mix of skills here. I first started in um, finance, banking, and risk consulting. So okay. I've done that yeah. for about twelve years now. Um, I'm a qualified financial advisor so what that means in English is um, in Australia anyway there's two there's two pathways to become a qualified advisor one you can do a diploma over 12 to 16 weeks or you can do a degree I'm degree qualified so I've studied for four years economics finance taxation mixed bag of skills right Um, focusing primarily on medium-sized entities in terms of the financial advisory sort of paths, and also a long strength of insurance and risk management as well. Um, but again, I don't define myself as my financial background. I define myself as my side passion that has slowly been growing year on year, which probably takes me into where did the crypto come from? So before I got my degree in financial planning, um, at uni I had a degree, in, or started a degree in computing science, and I did the first year and a half. Did a lot of coding on Python, so there's a history of coding in the background. That's of where it comes from. I swapped out of coding to chase the buddy as they say. <laughs> and <laughs> if I could cool. wind back time, I probably would have just stick to the computer science degree. Turns out the <laughs> industries are very different now. Um, <laughs> but I, I really liked that part of it, and I got into cryptocurrency. Actually, the first time I heard about cryptocurrency, I was on the couch with a close friend of mine, and he said um, at the time Bitcoin was two dollars. Wow. And he said, I'm going to spend $10,000 on Bitcoin. And obviously I was in finance and, you know, financial planning back then was crypto's a scam. I think a lot of people still say that now, but anyway. So he said, do you reckon I should do it? And I said, nah, stay away from it. Too dangerous a scam. And he always reminds me of that day on the couch. I can tell you to this day because <laughs> um, we still talk about it. But in uh, about 2017, I first got into crypto um, just before the the larger bull run and off top went. So, been through a pretty interesting bear market times in crypto and I've been there ever since. My journey with crypto was, and why I call myself Josh Talks Crypto is, I first got into it because I got into crypto. And then in about 2020, I realized the technology more than just trading currencies, right, because I'm a bit of a trader, obviously as well. Um, And then I realized there's more to this than just the currency you can build in it. And I really opened my eyes after the ico summer if anyone was around for that that was an interesting time for ethereum but anyway i really opened my eyes on how you can build on it and then how easy it is to build on the blockchain and projects like right now you can get you know like a a test wallet i can use that word and you can start practicing and building your own dApps or learning how to write code or learning how to create react things right you know when connect wallet for nfts you can learn all of that pretty much for free right and it's such a fantastic community and what I realized when I started playing with building it and talking to people about, oh, I want to build this, I want to build that, there's this is whole other stream of wealth in building projects that people don't see. They just look at the flipping tokens. And, and that is yeah. fun. Building can be just as fun as well. And um, what I really noticed was, and still to this day, education hurts us the most in crypto, right? It's the same in trading, right? You don't mm-hmm. understand currency markets, for instance. That's, a, that's an interesting market if you don't have that education, you can get sprung out by many things. The number one issue I find is security. Everyone forgets the biggest crypto is you and what you do with your wallet. So, um, I just developed a passion for just giving free education, um, out there because my view is that helps mass adoption. And, uh, I know a lot of other influencers write books and sell, sell them. I don't want to do that. I just, all the, all the actual, you you just got to bring it together. Um, the challenge you have now is people don't don't like to read anymore. They want a short that's little right. video that's and a short little I can move on. So I'm not sure whether books is the right medium for all, but that's my journey. And then um, obviously I, I found there was a lot of need to build things. So I know people in the community developers and other coders. So I said, hey, why don't we start a consulting service and I'll start doing free education. If someone reaches out, wants to build a project, we'll build them a project. So. On the side, I also develop projects. I'm currently developing three projects. Not all of them, um, when you reach out for consulting services, really want your label on there or your brand. They want you to build the DAP and disappear and it's their brand. So um, I think one project might want to sponsor the JTC logo that we help with the development side. But once you get into the building side, you probably don't see the developers on the front page. You really just see the founders, for instance, right? Or maybe a stamp of these people certified us. So. It's an okay. interesting thing. Um, the projects that I support, I only support if they dox themselves to me because that I don't want to be yeah. supported. So that's a little yeah. philosophy to have. And I probably lose a lot of business because a lot of people reach out to say, we want to build this and this is a tokenomics and if you know much about crypto it's usually poo coins they want to build and i'm like <laughs> i can't support this it's against everything i do <laughs> unless you want to be doxed and they don't talk back to me so <laughs> yeah because if
0: you get hit by like one rug pull for example then that's it that's your career over because yeah you're finished
1: yeah and also i hate to use the word meme coins are all scams because not all are they're like a fun community and diversity right but um a lot of them are and whenever someone says they're undoxed and you know email me to this I'll call it unregistered email address where you can create without a phone number or a link right I instantly know that person's probably really upping their security and there's a few encrypted email services you can use to do that and I already get a feel that it's probably could be a rug pull and I don't like supporting that because the biggest thing I hate in this industry is um, if you're new you chase the shining lights and the high yield and the the meme coins and you experience a rug and then you think crypto is all like that right oh so, yeah no, that's the same with every to... market yeah that's the exact yeah, same yeah. same with
0: forex same with stocks people like like for forex for example i trade forex and that's the exact same thing that happens people pay for like really bad courses or like signals for example they get into it and then you get scammed and then like yeah no this is forex is a scam it's all just a scammery same with crypto same with nfts the witness the first rug pull kind like, yeah, no, NFTs are just these stupid bitches and they just give up straight away. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Josh, before I jump to, I just want to ask you to to walk us through a little bit of uh, your blockchain consulting service and, you know, take it, take us through a few of your steps of what, you know, uh, what it might be like to be a client uh, engaging in in consulting service with you. Before I ask you that, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've had this experience, you've worked in sort of traditional financial markets, you know, you've got this experience uh computer engineering and coding you have this sort of multidisciplinary background was there a moment or an experience that either you had personally where you know maybe there was a scam that you saw you know right in front of you or you know maybe you were scammed or maybe you saw friends that were being taken advantage of you know you sort of honed honed right in on you know the wallets and security like was there a watershed moment where you're like holy shit like this is such an extraordinary time and all these people are getting this bad experience um from this and and going around and saying it's a scam blah 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 like was there a watershed moment you could share with us that really made it you know clear to you the light bulb goes on i'm going to do this i need to go out there and you know spread the word
1: yeah yeah i'd say um i'll answer the second question first it probably happened i really started going more public towards the end of last year right so in the background I just suddenly do what i normally do um but it was really the birth of these Meme coin casinos, I lab- labeled them right. right. Four hundred thousand million percent APY. You you know, retire a thousand dollars is ten million dollars in two years. Like, but people were believing yeah. it, and then yeah. people were jumping on TikTok. You might, I watched one and I put a comment on one of the social media apps, and then obviously, what you know, centralized media Ooh. apps do same stuff to you, right? And all I had was rebasing project, this project, and everyone's and those people were influencing them. And famous people saying, yes, I'm buying this crap coin. I'm like, whoa, do people understand they're buying inflation? Do people know what inflation means? Like, it's crazy. crazy. So that triggered me to go, maybe I'll just create some videos and see what happens. And the next thing you know, the last five, six months have gone pretty
2: quick. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. So 222,000 followers in, in six months and and uh, you've got a great following on on youtube as well um so tell us yeah so i'm a client now i approach you i've got my nft prod let's 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 focus on nft because this is sort of like hodlers podcast let's say okay i'm I'm, my buddy's a great artist you know i really want to create a, a, a jpeg based program but i want to do some merch maybe a little bit of tokenomics so people can earn a coin so they can have first access to you know, a new hat or a new garment that's dropped? Like, how would you, just take us through, you don't have to get, do the whole thing, but take us through a, like a few steps. Yeah. Like, how do, we, how do we, you know, engage with you?
1: Yeah, so the, the first step is, it's like a canvas thing, right? We do a canvas board, it's like a strategy on a wall. There's a few steps right. in it, we don't have to go through all of them. The number one first thing I need to know is, when someone approaches is, what's the USP, right? What does that mean? What's the unique selling proposition? What are you creating? Um, Create that community, right? Mm -hmm. So, if someone's just creating merch or something like that, the utility basis shrinks. So, if they're just creating merch, maybe they already have a brand. Who is the founder? What is their brand? Do they have one? And then the next step is who is their team? Usually, what you have is an artist wanting to build a project that can do the art, Mm -hmm. someone that Mm -hmm. has the vision but no artistry skills, or maybe it's two people together, right? And Mm
2: -hmm. then the next
1: step to that is understanding the dynamics of what the sort of art is you're putting out there to position for the market and how you're gonna build that community. But the number one principle about all of it really is community. What sets across every NFT is that community that gives it the value, right? Look at um, Soul, Bear, uh, Soul Bears, OK Bears. Oh yeah, right. they've got crazy <laughs> exploded All the records, right? And yeah. if you actually have a look at what they've done, you know, they're not a video game or anything like that. They're building a unique community, right? A lot of people gave them flack about using layers of board Ape Yacht Club, but they had the right marketing, the right pitch. And if you actually look at their plan on a page of how they're building their community, it's very, very clear, right? The vision's clear. So the first step is when someone says, I want to build an NFT project, is understanding what is that USP, that unique selling proposition, and who are you bringing into that market and how are you showing them that vision? There is a lot of marketing involved in these projects. You might not see it, but the biggest expense to an NFT project, to be honest, the development side isn't that expensive. Um, it's the marketing bill, right? If they're not known, if they're known, it's less marketing. For example, Shaq's project, uh, Astral's, didn't have to do as much marketing because everyone knows who Shaq is, right? Mm. If you're in a bus, of yeah. course I would say, but um, it really comes on that USP, right? And do they know what that is? And the second part is what you've just touched on is utility of the NFT. What makes NFTs mm. great is it's just not one of these on the wall, right? It has a functional utility and maybe it's staking, maybe it's a community coin, like you said. And it's about joining that. But right now I would say the, um, the meta for NFTs is changing mm-hmm. in start of this year. It was all about get the NFTs out, get the hype out and then get a roadmap for the rest of the year. But now if your staking platform isn't introduced in the first six months, people aren't interested. They go next NFT. So people want yeah, to the yeah. And then now if you don't even see staking on the roadmap, they just skim past it. So, It's a mixture of all of that, right? But I I think that the challenge of a lot of these projects is the sustainability and the growth. D Gods, right? Another Solana project was a good example of how they really diversified. They bought a basketball team from Ice Cube. I'm not sure if you're following this, right? So it's really, really great. Yeah, basketball team. Anyway, um, how you evolve with that community is very, very important. But I think they all lead to a metaverse. All the successful ones, like look at Bordeaux Bell Clay. They're going to the other side, right? That's their metaverse. They're yep. all leading to a metaverse, right? And I think that's the ones that will have trajectory and growth or something that centers around something that people have knowledge to. Like there's a, a dope-smoking NFT group. can't remember their <laughs> name. But anyway, when you join their club, depending on where you live in the world, they send you like paraphernalia and all these sort of things, right? Nice. <laughs> that's That's an example of a community centered around that, right? <laughs> And then there's other NFT communities as well. So it's really about that USP and connecting to community. Unfortunately, what I am seeing is, you know, just like they're saying crypto projects, these are startup communities. Not all of them will last. Only a few will, right? And we already see the ones that have lasted for the last few years. But at the moment now, this is the new season. It's NFTs and it's absolutely crazy. And we're only at the start of it. Like we're not even seeing like gaming. Everyone gets a bit funny about this, but. Like imagine World of Warcraft on the blockchain where NFTs were items like, and it's called GameFi because it's like game financing. You can make money off the yeah. game. Yeah. And we're just yeah. getting to that. field, So really, do you not, interesting. Do you I'll not
2: think, think like, um... uh, oh, go on Tyler. Yeah. Like, sorry, like Alluvium sorry. that's uh, launching, pretty and I think it's one of the first that's going to be in there, but yeah, go ahead, Leon, over to you.
0: I was going to say, do you not think that space at the minute, like the gaming space and the metaverse space is becoming quite rushed? and like quite a lot of projects are just putting it in their like roadmap and stuff like that just to create a bit of false hype because you see like um board ape are the only projects i've seen at the minute that i've actually delivered um well not even delivered but they've released a trailer that looks pretty good um compared to all these other projects that are like putting in their roadmap and stuff and they're promising like a game within like
1: the first two months but none of them are actually delivering on what they're saying yeah i think a lot of them are trying to do that and um you know, mm-hmm. you, I'll just change the word from crypto. Yep. You're in this is startup world, right? And instead of money, you got this thing called crypto to invest in the startup. So a lot of NFTs are startups, if you can think like that, and a lot of them won't succeed. I think yeah. the ones that do very well have strong partnerships, um, which is a process I'm going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. And getting the game developers and engineers on early. What I don't see other than Illuvium, because they're doing it quite well, is actually say who the engineer company is, right? And what I've found in my research in the last two weeks is the most successful projects are open with who they're partnering with, who's going to be developing what, and what the trajectory is. And they seem to be doing the best, even though the market's coming down right now. Um, Alluvium's doing quite well if you look at some of the engineering space that they're building on the game. So you're, you're absolutely right. And I think docs projects have a high tendency to do better. Not always, but if they're docs, they've got that, yeah. the partnership, man, yeah. they need to do well. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Moving on to
0: like education side and like let's teach a few people because you're you're the expert with some of this stuff, most of this stuff. Um, we're going to have, we're going to talk about in uh, blockchain. Take a deep dive into the blockchain. Um, a lot of people are very uneducated, um, which is very surprising considering people are like trading NFTs full time and they don't even know how the blockchain works, um, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, so can you try and explain in like the simplest terms what the blockchain is?
1: Yeah. It's going to make sense for sure.
2: Kind <laughs> of think of, um,
1: the blockchain as a, as a, an Excel spreadsheet. I'm sure everyone's opened up an Excel spreadsheet before maybe. Yep. And yep. every cell is a transaction, you know, A1, A2 going on, right? The blockchain is a series of saved transactions that cannot be altered, right? So it's printed, it's done, it's there. And it's a series of this information that is written on a different chain of information of transactions, so blockchain. When it first came out, the transactions could represent things. So Bitcoin money, right? The purpose of Bitcoin is to move money. That's all purpose. purpose. Yeah. And then what you could do in this blockchain is set certain parameters that there's only so much crypto or currency that can be used in that chain and give it a value. In 2017, that changed because people said, well, not only can we write transactions, maybe it can be more than a ledger. Maybe we can put a smart contract or information, like programming information, to realize trustless processes. For for example, if you do a transfer with your bank, they can go back and change records, right? Mm-hmm. They can go back and do things, yeah. records, whatever. Well, what if you had a program that you couldn't do that? Once it was written, it was gone, and that's why security is important, right? Well, then you could do that and write programs and you'd have smart contracts. And that's how the blockchain went from a simple ledger system, very complicated in computer science in some ways, to a ledger system that could also run programs that could not be interrupted. Now, when I say interrupted, obviously, everything has a base layer, right? So take away all that technical side. Computers still make this run. If there's no computers in the world, there is no blockchain. There's always a layer zero, right, Mm. to help this going. But it's all saved on that chain. It's immutable. It can't be changed. And as we evolve with technology, we realized we could put programs on it. We could create tokens that have defined value that could be changed across. And now we're evolving into what other programs we can build on it. And this word of Web3, right? How do we bring the next level of web onto the blockchain? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the main thing I'd say is it's a book of transactions and information. And it's slowly evolving into like software being installed on it. If I could make it really simple, right? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, wow. I understand
0: that. Um, so, <laughs> carrying on with that, um, how did you actually get into the blockchain? How did you learn about it? Like, smart contracts, NFTs and stuff, what, you, what initially
1: drew you into the space? Yeah, so I was already trading the uh, tokens like crazy and the coins. <laughs> I think <laughs> everyone was. I can, tell you, I can tell you my biggest lesson since 2017 of what I'd do differently. Um, but I'm happy with what I learned because we all play with 20x leverage once because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> But remember, it's extreme gambling in that way. Uh, What got me into more of the technology is more when Ethereum really started expanding into smart contracts. And I started realizing what they were doing. And I thought, wow, this is gonna be big. I need to buy more Ethereum. That was one thought. And then secondly, (laughs) I started unpacking like how the software integrated into it. And I started thinking if we had mass adoption, we could have all sorts of applications running on this, right? At that time, I didn't get into heavy into the developing side. I was doing other things. But in around 2019, I started to. I started reading more, started looking at the applications, started getting on test nets. Um, And then what I found is it's actually such an open source community. If you want to learn about this, you don't need to pay for a course. This is people on YouTube, but you can actually go to the Ethereum Foundation. Everything you need is there, right? Um, there's plenty of courses to learn coding and all of that for free online as well. You don't have to pay for that. But what I found most interesting is when you get onto things like GitHub where developers talk about software you're making, if I can use those words, everyone was really open, sharing information, um, supporting each other and coming together as a global community to build decentralized applications. And I thought, this is fantastic. And then I came back and I thought, in 2019, 2020, I thought, oh, I wonder if businesses will start doing this because during those times, if you want a developer, it was very degenish, ish, right? right? Right now, even if you Google, I want a blockchain developer, it's still not that easy. And um, mm-hmm. around the last six months, I thought, why don't I start a business? So at least people know that someone docs to find someone rather than going on some scary Telegram forum and you get rugged by a developer, <laughs> you know? That's spanned it out here. But what I noticed was um, when I started putting out my. An email address I created, I just got flooded. with. I don't even read half the emails now. There's so many flying in there, right? Usually so cool, some yeah. of the larger projects, but a few times. But um, I think what really changed my way around it was people are wanting to build more on it, right? Mm-hmm. The sad thing at the moment is there's a lot of hype for people just chasing the money, not building something great. And the hard thing for having a developing service is weeding through them right because you can only take on so much work i've got friends that also have developing companies and i talk to them frequently and they're just overloaded with work they have to say no now it's crazy so uh, what i'm hoping to do with my education is to get people interested in this space because we need more devs for this to work globally yeah yeah and uh being a developer is not sexy it's not like what you think in movies right it's <laughs> it's long tedious it's, it's very specific and it's a lot of this thing we call debugging, right, to make sure the code works. Uh, the scary thing, just to go back one step, is because this industry is so open. For example, PancakeSwap, Uniswap, whatever, right? If you want to look at how that program's written, you can go on GitHub, you can look at how the code is, and right, you can look on the blockchain how the code is. So it is so open. Okay, that's pretty cool. But yeah. it's also dangerous because you can read your code, unless it's, of course, private. There are some private chains, right? Like HPAR has a private change and all that sort of stuff, right? And the good thing about being open for people to develop on brings in the bad part. People can read the code and go, oh, there's an exploit there. I can rug that protocol and steal all the money. And that's when you hear about rug, right? The scary thing I'd say is people get suckered into labels in crypto and get rugged by developers when they promise things like, we won't rug the project. Of course, they can rug the project. They haven't given away all the keys to the kingdom, as they say. Um, and the biggest space I see that now is this this label Dao. Everyone thinks, oh, it's a Dao. it's safe. People don't understand that, and it's it's really, really risky actually if you if you understand the principles of it, and
0: that's what we were just about to leeway into um and I was going to get you to explain <laughs> that was perfect, yeah, um, next question was, can you explain what a Dao is?
1: Yes, no. <laughs> Let's talk about the real world first, right? Yep. The real world you have a company, public company. You'll have a board of directors, right? That set the direction of the company. You'll have a CEO, and normally everyone knows who the CEO is, right? And then you have middle management, etc. The decisions all come to a center person, people or board to make decisions. Yeah. And that's just called a normal organization. There's pros and cons to that, right? Now in a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, there is not one person. There is a voting application, and people vote on decisions to be made. Yeah. So pause there. Number one problem is: Do you understand that you buying a governance token means that you're a shareholder that has to vote? But who puts up what to, what to vote for? How does this organisation that's decentralised that is formed make votes, and what do they do with the money? Usually, they'll have a developer that sits with it, right? So if you say we want this to now create a pool to do this, or create a new DAP or do that, that's great. Mm-hmm. But where the money goes in the DAO? Is there a developer attached to it? Because if the devs walk away, it's just a bunch of people with voting tokens running around going, we vote on this. Well, we can't can actually action. do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. If you don't understand how to read how the DAO works and who's going to be doing what, people can walk away and it's just a DAO of tokens with people running around and voting. So that's the first challenge of DAOs, right? And they are useful for certain aspects. You could you could DAO an element of the crypto project and then have a more centralized view on Actioning, you know, transfers and actioning, you know, actions or whatever. But there will always be some sort of person with the keys to the kingdom, right? And mm-hmm. that person can still cause some sort of rug unless you dow that you can't touch liquidity. This is getting into the details, right? Right. Okay, I think yeah, yeah. challenge people they see the word Dow and they think it's riskless and it's not. The process of voting is trustless, meaning people can't corrupt it, but there's still risk to how it's been formed. And people get punked on it. So Wonderland Time. I ran out of I ran out of breath talking on TikTok and little duets saying don't buy into this it's a scam don't buy I didn't say the word scam I said you'll lose all your money it's set up incorrectly and they're lying so they said we're a DAO we're going to make decisions whatever I went through their smart contracts they weren't a DAO I went on their website they even said we're trying to be a DAO and everyone's running around <laughs> saying they're a DAO so I spent a lot of time trying to say everybody this is a normal organization this is a DAO this is the difference but don't forget, a DAO is about this trustless, autonomous process, right? But someone writes that process. Like I said, with every layer one, with every blockchain, there's a layer zero, computers, right? With every DAO, there's a layer zero. Someone had to create the DAO. They wrote a bit of code of how the DAO works. But if you can't read the code, do you know it's safe? No. What I see in the future as an opportunity for mass adoption is DAO audits, right? Right? The next question Mm. is who's audited them and who do you trust the auditor? Because anyone can. Oh, Certik Audited, I can pay for that, right? It's not expensive because they just look for some common Mm. things, right? Common backdoors. Oh, you've got the tick, but it doesn't say that the code's been constructed in a way that it's not a rug. But person X has the rights to do this. It won't go into that detail, right? So people misunderstand. Use the word DAO, and I think it's slowed down now. But about twenty. 21, the end of 2021, everything was Dow this, Dow that, Dow this, Dow yes, that. Yes, again to create no, like that. that false hype just to sound like the with the current trends. Yeah, just think of think of a Dow like um um you go into a books bookstore and you see an awesome book on quantum engineering and it's full of facts, but it's still authored by one person, right, or a group. Yeah, and they can put whatever they want into the story, and if you don't read it detailed enough you don't know what they've left in there as a surprise. That's all I'll say. I hope that makes that's sense. Okay. Yeah.
2: So that, that, that's a great analogy. Go ahead, Leon. Yeah. So with go, go a, the yeah, old, so
0: with a old DAO, old. DAO is like, it works like shareholders in a company. And then with a DAO, does that mean everyone has like an equal, um,
1: equal say, or is like the more people have more power within the DAO? It's yeah. It's it, you could, you could um. it's kind of like a proof of stake, right? Okay. You could, Take, if you could have 51% of the stake, yeah. which is not always the case. It's normally they have fair distribution of it, but you're quite right. It can favor the voters. Okay. You see that a lot with um, swap pools as well, right? Like, you know, when they create a new pool for a token, it's usually yeah, yeah, a voting yeah. system. And um, it'll have a particular token type when you do it. But I think, there's, I think there's some merit to using DAOs, but I also think there's also some merit to, and it's more risky this way, having it without the DAO, and you can blame someone. Like people could blame me for Keepcat, so I'm always thinking about how I can make it safe, right? <laughs> or like, look, yeah. USD, right? Everyone's blaming Dequan. Yeah. Right? We could talk about that for after. Yeah, that's now. a good one. Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> a big difference, right? But the the benefit of having a centralized approach is decisions also happen quicker. But it doesn't necessarily mean because it's a DAO the decisions are better, because depending on the community, what do they know about running a DeFi application? Yeah, what do they yeah. know about people? So there's there's some risk on and risk off to it yeah um i hope that makes sense
0: yeah no no yeah i, I that, saw that, them sound a bit more yeah
2: yeah <laughs> um josh i want to ask you about cats but before i do that i uh, you you brought up a, a sort of a funny memory for me with time wonderland uh in 2021 before i got into nfts i i watched TikToks, and i wish i watched your channel back then Because what happened was I watched this, you know, very uh, octogenarian, she must have been 80, 85, she was like, I just bought, I just staked, you know, uh, on Time Wonderland and I'm making 42,000 API and I'm like, if she can do it, I can do it. Oh my God. So I went and watched all these YouTubes. and. You know, took my ETH and transferred it over to the Avalanche network and figured it out. And I was like, so proud of myself. I'm like, yes, I just staked hundred bucks on time. I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna retire. And of course, now I, I go look, I go back and look at it just for fun. And I'm just like, it's worthless. And I think it's worth. I think I have about sixty dollars left now, or fifty dollars left. But so- it, it's so true that it was just such a buzzword, and I don't, I don't, you know, I was kind of like, did not obviously did not read the code did not have that capability so i think literally you know probably hundreds of thousands of people um you know fell prey to that same piece where you're you sort of fomo into something thinking that oh my god everyone's gonna make all this money and i'm gonna get stuck in the sidelines there so that that just brought back a funny memory that happened to me that happened to me um but i'd love to to have you you take us through keep cats and and what it is yeah yeah sure sure and uh
1: before I jump into key cats, the, I'll always say this. Even with Time Wonderland, you can, it sounds awful, but you can make money out of scams, right, as you trying to buy and sell the tokens. And that's and the people that know that play that game very well. And the way mm-hmm. these games work is this term called a honey pot, the big staking, and you're like, "Oh, I'll stake for the honey. But the bees out the side are stinging you and taking your money, right? So the way these things work is if you get in right at the start, and you're ticket number five, and there's millions mm-hmm. of tickets. Your objective is to de-risk yourself by selling half your bag to ticket 30, and then until it gets to a point where hype is max, sell all your crap and run. And you're literally just yeah. robbing each other. You're people in a room with tickets stabbing each other for your money. That's how these things work, right? But the people that know how the mass work wait for the people running to the disco ball to go, ooh, 10,000% APR, and then they run with all the crypto, right? And that's how yeah. the sad thing. That's how they work. The sad thing is, influencers get paid tokens, and then they dump on the market and leave, right? And uh, I think that's a sad part about the industry. And I think people will come down hard on people that do that. Mm-hmm. And so certainly mm-hmm. for those particular programs, because the sad thing is, someone might think of that as serious and put their life savings on it, right? And and you hear the sad thing is you're hearing that with Luna, but really, really sad, right? Wow. cats. Um, yeah. So how is Josh not going to do this? <laughs> That's what people are thinking. Um, no, so first and foremost with the Keep Cats NFT project, I want it to be something different. My, my USP for Keep Cats is twofold. One, I want to use an element of what comes from that to build a really awesome website with graphical reading information for free. No one pays for it. Whenever they want, they can get crypto education information, right? I'm not here to get you a degree in crypto or a bachelor and what. It's nothing wanky like that. It's to give you... The fundamentals, so at least you understand what you're doing and what risk is, right, particularly around the security and making it fun. The second element is I want to launch the NFT project with a few utilities and I want to build it into a game. Over the last three weeks, I've been spending a lot of meetings. I've lined up a fair few partners. I can't release who they are, but I will publicly release who the partners are, and I'm currently working on um, engaging different parties to see if they want to invest in early to make it bigger but Mm -hmm. the purpose of the key game is to make a game that's funny and has a subtle hint of education in it not to be schooled but a bit of fun and i I used to play a lot of world of warcraft when i was younger right um that's been around for ages right even when it was warcraft 3 and 2 and all that sort of crap right so (laughs) i really want to bring that opportunity of a triple a game to the blockchain um and to do that, I thought, oh, I'll just try launch an NFT project and see where it goes. I give back what I can on education along the way, and um, that's why I'm launching Keycats, and that's that's the purpose of it. So, obviously, we'll have a token and all that, and tokenomics and everything like that. That's the
2: learn to earn concept.
1: Yeah, it, it was a, it is still a game to earn, but I, I put in the learn to earn aspect because you'll be learning along along the way. Like the story is. Um, um, you travel different blockchain worlds. You bridge different blockchain worlds. So each world is a different expansion in the game. Um, and you start off in Solana, right? And the story oh, like starts yeah, as this. Yeah, You're a... super... yeah, I like that. Cool. And um, one day the rug pull rats come to your town selling Persian rugs. And they distract the <laughs> king and they break into the king's castle and steal his magical legend treasure. It will be named something better than that. But, you know, their, their magic gets stolen. So the king says... We need to we need to chase down the rats before they bridge out of our world. So learning about what bridging is to blockchain worlds. It's funny when I was thinking about the the first villain, um, I wasn't sure who would be the blockchain villain, and I was sitting there on Twitter, and then Charles Hodgkinson, the founder of Cardano, right, ADA. Yeah. He dropped right. a post on Twitter, and I actually went to his Twitter profile randomly, and actually says on his Twitter profile, "I'm the king of the rats." So I said, "Well, that's it. Cardano is the villain <laughs> for the first episode, anyway." Fair so enough. It was Yeah, it was really funny. So let's see. Uh-oh. We're still in early days. Um, i got a fair bit to do on the groundwork, but like we just spoke about now, I want to ensure all the partnerships are lined up and the roadmap strong and people know that there's a trajectory they can count on. Does that make sense? So yep. I'm already talking to people about how quick they can build the game and concepts and everything right now. So I'm trying to line everything up. So when we go at Mint, there's a trajectory for it. Yep. Right, now we're going to talk about like the general NFT,
0: crypto, stocks markets in general. Um, so a bit of general talk now. So, as you already know, the markets are taking a very, very heavy toll at the minute. Um, everything is down, everything. Um NFTs, crypto stocks. Um what's your opinion on the market condition right now and do you think we're finally seeing a floor being leveled out or
1: do you think we're going to carry on tumbling? No one knows the true answer to that, but <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of people speculate i don't i don't the way i look at a market it is neither you know there's it gets bearish and bullish Yep. you get bull markets yeah, and bear mark and they're always great retrospectively but when you're in it it's a market and i always come back to i'm going to change the way this is because i know we talk a lot about how cryptos, you know correlated to the stocks you know mm-hmm. any market is correlated to one thing yep, people. yeah people are according to people right and around the world, some, I would say the U.S. is teetering on a recession just by some macroeconomic effects in terms of inflation, interest rates and unemployment. The three of those get out of control. You get stagflation and that leads to a recession, right? I would say the world's probably already in some form of recession anyway because of COVID. At the moment, globally, we're seeing significant shocks to supply systems and inflation. Interest rates varies depending on our countries. unemployment as well, right? If you have a lower unemployment, your economy is probably not as hard hit as others. Until that really gets better and the narrative gets better, you're probably not going to see extreme bullish moments, right? You're going to see a lot of fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And when people start losing money in the hand, the general retail market, they de-risk themselves off investments, off everything else. So it's natural we'll see a lot of people freaking out and moving to cash, as they say. I would say Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for the world right now is Getting back from COVID normal, right? Getting supply chain systems working again, and more importantly, hopefully not World War Three. That would be—it's not even a black swan because it could yeah. happen. Yeah. Until that narrative disappears a bit, you're probably not going to see that. Let's ape into everything moment. Whether you're into forex, stocks, equities, whatever, right? I, I would say the biggest thing that scares people the most is the traditional world is still king in terms of how everyone feels about sentiment. No one goes because crypto's bearish; we're all bearish. And generally speaking, because the US dollar is the reserve currency of the world, the petrol dollar, right? Whilst the SPX, the S&P 500, is considered extremely bearish, i.e., under 4K, I think it is, under Check Friday's result, a lot of the world will react to it, right? I think, though, inside of me, I'm still bullish in the short term. And something that sparked okay. my interest was what, what Warren Buffett did last week. I'm not sure if you've been following him. Nope. But he mm-hmm. used a lot of his cash to buy. And he's normally okay. not too bad catching bottoms, but he's not normally not too bad. He stuffed up his Apple cell. I think the world know that. I sold a week after him and I stuffed mine up because um, <laughs> it went all the way to like 180 or whatever it was. Uh, I, I think we can only be hit so hard, but if this is the bearish times, I can tell you from crypto, that's not that bad. I can tell you from other shocks to the system, the one thing you need to remember is thou shield to pass as well, right? The markets will yeah. recover, especially yeah. traditional ones. Like, But the more risk off you are in terms of how you buy equities or whatever, the more you have volatility. Like the difference between someone that buys the FANG index, probably not Netflix now, but some of the top five companies, right, compared to someone that's into mining shares. You know, that's kind of like meme coins for crypto, right? Um, yeah. I, I think we're probably due for some reprieve. I think the thing that is uncertain is war. And I hope it doesn't happen, right? I hope the whole Russia political thing there resolves um, because that's probably affecting everything the most, I would say, like the amount of shock from those two countries fighting. I, I think if you don't know that Russia and Ukraine together produced, I think, over 50% of a nomin nitrate to the world, that makes fertiliser. Fertiliser makes yeah. vegetables. How expensive yeah. are your vegetables right now, yeah. right? So oh, all yeah. these little things that add up, and I think until that changes, we're probably going to be in some bearish times for at least probably the next three to six months. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see Bitcoin going to ten k. I'd love, love it to, though. I'd, I'd be buying a lot. <laughs> but um, all I'd say in these times is, don't ever try think you can call a bottom because even the best people get wrecked, right? Yeah, Not, no one so can true. really call. And yeah. have patience, I would
0: say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I completely agree with that one. And then another one is um, following on with the markets in general. Um, have you seen any effect on launching an NFT NFT project whilst we've seen such a terrible market? Has that changed your mind in like launch dates or anything like that, or the way you do
1: things? So the second part of your question, my launch date was probably not until quarter three anyway, which is around July. Okay. Yeah. I think. Every project's a little bit different, but probably in times that are uncertain, people will say we need 100 or $200 per NFT, right, UST value. You could do that approach to still be successful. Yeah. I think what hurts projects that launch now rather than are launching in the future, they haven't set that mark. So if you haven't locked in the date saying it's definitely this date and it's definitely this, right? You could say, look, we have to launch to August and it's a fixed price of this, whatever that is in Ethereum on the day. Makes it easier. The challenge for people that have launched in the last three months is when you launch your NFT project, you you acquire Ethereum, Solana, Matic, Mm -hmm. whatever platform you launch on. You then need to use those funds. So unless someone launches on the day and converts to a stable coin, Mm -hmm. if it is stable, (laughs) their treasuries deplete. yeah, that's right. And uh, if their is deplete, their startup fails, or they have to launch something again early to get more funding. And I, I think the risk to projects that just launched is a lot of them might fail from the volatility um, because that's a treasury base, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. agree. It's uh, funny. I, uh, last night I saw an OK Bears Yacht Club program just, just killing it. So uh, I was so close. I was at 0.03. I'm like, ah. I was going to grab that, and then I just stopped myself. I should have, because it's now point one nine point point two now. So it actually has done very well. But it was very of the moment. It's a sort of a trend launch. I don't know how they planned it. It's you know unaffiliated with Board Ape and so on. And even the original OK Bears, it's all on Ethereum. But I think to your point is there are folks out there that are that quick, and they're poised, and they're ready to go and just sort of capture a hype um, and was it, is it going to last? I don't think so. But anyway, over to you, Leon, for our yes. for our, our we're trying to make this a world famous ending question that we're going to do with all of our extraordinary guests. And and uh, before he asks this question, Josh, I just want to say uh, it's been it's been so uh, incredible listening to you speak. You speak with such uh, sort of calm authority and understanding, very well rounded, multidisciplinary approach. And you know, I think uh, you know you, you know the more people that are exposed to your um, you know, what you have to offer are going to be better for it. So it's, it's been extraordinary to hear you yeah. speak. So thank you so much. So over, over awesome. to you. Uh, yes, yeah, so one.
0: this is our infamous last question. It's worked so far on the past two guests and they've enjoyed it. So, right. So if you could go back in time to when you first started your crypto blockchain journey, what is one thing slash piece of advice you would have told yourself?
1: There's two things. Okay. The first one is on buying and selling stuff, right? If I just bought Bitcoin and didn't do anything, <laughs> ICO, nothing, I'd be in a completely different, I'd be extremely, extremely better. Yep. If I just bought Bitcoin in Ethereum and was a bit more conservative, I'd actually be doing even better. If I just kept Ethereum from many, many low in the dollars, I'd be extremely better off, better off than Bitcoin. The purpose of that is... Mis- misunderstanding the strength of Bitcoin and even Ethereum to today as staples, provides more stability and hunting the ICOs, they're called IDOs now, Mean Coin Casino. There's just so much risk to that, right? And you sleep better, it's easier on your mental health and a very important <laughs> step. Um, the second thing is patience. Yeah, I agree with that one. Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. heavily. Jesus Christ, yeah. No, I've with my forex forex trading Jesus Christ, that one requires a lot of patience. Going two years without making a single <laughs> bit of money. Bloody hell, that one um teaches you a few things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, right, there, right? Yeah. It's really good. I oh, yeah yeah for sure,
1: yeah. It's been very beneficial. I, I'm only as confident as I am because of the time I spent in the valley of the darkness, as they say. And you get comfortable once you've you know, once you really learn some things about timing and time, I think you get a little bit more comfortable. I yeah. think it comes back to even though people say, oh, it's not financial advice. And yes, crypto is not a financial product by any definition of the world. You're playing with money. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. will play with your money. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah.
1: I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, we're going to
0: end it up there, uh, wrap it up. Um, so, Josh, I really, really appreciate you coming on um where can you find you uh, do you want to promote your socials your tiktok your twitter youtube yep.
1: yep so it's pretty much josh talks crypto on youtube uh tiktok i've got a twitch account now that's kind of exciting that's cool. um i also have a website which is www.joshtalkscrypto.com if you're i would say if you're trying to reach out and you want to build an NFT project or you you need some help with something to do with programming or even digital art because I know a lot of amazing artists that I deal with quite a lot from the digital space and they do some fantastic things from um, ZBrush, which is kind of like that cool 3D video game field NFT to just the traditional what you see. Um, reach out to me, but I'd say join our Discord. It's the easiest way to get to me if you drop like a message there. Uh, it's a much easier for me to shift through than the emails. Yeah,
0: sure. Well, yeah, all those links will be in the description anyway. And yeah, thank you for joining um might have to do a little reunion too when uh, keep cats releases and we'll see where it is and how it's going yeah.
1: but yeah I, thank you guys for listening
0: to. um i'll see you guys later